Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello Rush Nation and welcome to the Five Yard Rush Daily Fantasy Sports Show. I'm Mark Ferguson and as ever I'm joined by my glamorous co-host Nick Owen. How you doing Nick? All good Mac, all good. Back again for another week. I know, I know. We're, we're still, we're still more important than your baby for an hour once yeah. a week. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the only time you've got me for the rest of the time. I'm handcuffed. Yeah. So, um, the more observant of you will notice we've now been joined by a fantasy legend as well. He's the current fan team EPL season-long champ. Just happened to win last weekend's NFL Red Zone contest as well, and he's come to give us all the winning lineups for this week. It's Josh Wildridge, also known as Check Josh, and on the Twitter as Check Josh FF. Good evening, Josh. So glad you could join us. Hey, Mark. Thank you for having me. How are you? Very good, thank you. Very good. Um, so, it's it's so good to have somebody coming from a slightly different area. How did you get into um, NFL DFS? Oh, so <laughs> I was really, really anti getting into NFL. So um, all my best <laughs> friends have loved it for years and years and years, and I've always been like, no, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play. But for the last 18 months, I, I can't stop watching it. I can't stop playing. It's just the most fun form of fantasy, I think. Um, like, in terms of action and, like, getting points for everything, it's just so much more fun than fantasy, like FPL, for example. But um, 
I'm not as good at it, unfortunately. So I have to just be like a, a casual player on NFL, but I'm enjoying it so much, yeah. yeah a casual player who run the red zone last week, yeah. I think, I, think, <laughs> I think the red zone is, is a big, probably a big part of that as well, Josh, because like you, you play FPL, like I'm, I love FPL, but you, your points and who returns and stuff like that, you only really know if you're checking on the socials or looking on flash score or whatever like that. But I think with red zone, because you can actually physically see it happening in person from six till midnight and beyond. Um, I, I think you just get that, like, it, it's like, it's like live fantasy kind of thing. Yeah, I I love watching Red Zone. Like my my girlfriend's like a bit sh- shocked that like I'm suddenly now just addicted to watching it from like six till twelve every night on a <laughs> Sunday. But yeah, I think it's an hour earlier this week actually, isn't it? So yeah, I think it is a bit, yeah. a bit earlier. So um, but yeah, so five till eleven or five till twelve, I'll be locked in on on Sunday. So yeah, it's also. Because there's so much scoring in NFL, I mean, it's pretty boring just captaining Mo Salah every week, isn't it, and stuff, and doing well. So with um, the high variance in NFL DFS, did that surprise you when you first started? Yeah, I think not having a captain reduces that, to be fair, a little bit. So, like, I think it would be absolutely off the charts if you had to have a captain on NFL as well. I think it would be absolutely insane. But, um, yeah, like... The fact that a wide receiver can get anything from, like, 2 to 40 points week on week is just, like, it's it's quite a lot to... It's quite a lot to get on board with, but um, I just love it. And I love the fact that I can just sort of get lucky like I did last week and just hit the absolute top of each player, you know what I mean? And But mm. it can happen for anyone, I think, to be honest. So if, if you have that one week where you just call two or three things right, you're going to do very well, aren't you? So it's yeah. it's simple, but it is high variance for sure. I'm talking about last week, Josh. So talk us through your strategy for last week, uh, because... We know it. You've told told us about it beforehand, um, but I think this will be interesting to people watching and listening. So, I rarely ever start my lineup by picking a quarterback, but that's what I did this week on on this particular lineup. I had him in. I think I did four lineups, and I picked Rogers in two out of the four. I think um, he was just so much cheaper on um, fan team than he was on DraftKings. I couldn't believe it. I think he was like QB three on Dra- DraftKings, and I think he was like QB seven or eight on fan team. And I was I was looking at it and I just thought this is a really good game for the throwing game for for the Packers I think and whilst Adams was really really expensive he was like uh, wide receiver one for sure he was the most expensive of all of them I obviously thought if I'm playing Rogers I have to play Adams as as that pair I think I think like that was my mentality anyway I wanted to play the two together and then again the the biggest discrepancy between fan team and draftkings is is on the de- defenses like they've just got completely different algorithms for the pricing and again it just so happened that the packers defense was like really cheap on fan team compared to like the third most expensive defense on draftkings i think so that was the sort of rationale for those three picks the, the packers triple up if you want to call it that um and you boys talked about evans and godwin last week on your podcast i remember um Gronk and AB Brown, there was only two people to throw the ball to, basically. So I just thought, I thought they were just quite a bit underpriced, considering the pricing didn't take into account, I think, the fact that AB and Gronk were out, obviously. So I just loved those two last week. And they obviously were like, in the first two quarters, they were absolutely locked in. It was insane. I was watching the game and I just thought they were going to get sort of four touchdowns each, the way it was going. But um, yeah, I'm more than happy with their performance anyway. Yeah, that was a great shout by Nick. We actually had quite a lot of good shouts on the last week's show with Sean. We just didn't put them together in one lineup, I don't think. 
Um, well, the, yeah. I was, I was just going to say, Mark. I think every player on this lineup that you can see, every single player has been mentioned by us. Um, other than, I don't think we mentioned Harris. I think Harris, yeah, maybe Harris was Harris, the yeah. will be only one. But the, like seeing this, Josh, after you'd won, um, what I liked was that. You, you look at things like this and you think, well, actually, you know, five or six of these players were in my lineup. So you, your thought process was right. The You know, the, the, the route that you were going down was right that you might miss on a couple of players. But like I didn't have Jasicki, but I had Kyle Pitts, who I who I really liked. I said on the pod last week, Mark, um, I mentioned Yuzoma, who had a really good week. So it's yeah. uh, it's good to see that there was maybe only a player or two away and it, it could have quite easily been me winning or you winning, Mark. We were on the, the right mm. lines on that week, but um, I, I feel like I've missed my opportunity there because that doesn't come around very often. <laughs> <laughs> what are you worried about? We're going to do it again this week. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny. You said the two Godwin's Evans things. I tweeted out about Rogers Adams. No one was talking about them and they were mm. coming up against the worst defense, past defense in the um, and actually, you got them. I mean, Rogers at nine percent was pretty good. Um, the other thing, Josh, you were talking about, uh, and I think your lineup shows this: is you don't need to be perfect in NFL DFS by any stretch. You've got yeah. an eight-point score there. You've only got three from the dream team in there as well. Yeah, I mean that Williams pick, as I said to you off air, I thought it was going to cost me the win to be honest in the end because the chasing pack was closing in as the um, the nine PM games were finishing off and. It looked like I was just going to fall short, actually. But then I think all the studs got subbed off. I think they were all blowouts in the end, or like mostly blowouts. So I think all the good players were off the pitch by like um, off the field. Sorry, by the end of the fourth quarter. So I was a bit lucky that sort of no, no, like none of the Arizona um, wide receivers got that final mm-hmm. touchdown or whatever in the end. But um, yeah, I thought Williams had cost me, but and I actually liked the matchup for him. But they were just so far behind; they needed to throw the thing, didn't they? So it was just. Um, it just wasn't the right game script for him, I don't think. But, yeah, Chase, just what a performance he had last week. I mean, he just looks insane, doesn't he? Every, like, every oh, single thing he does. Completely, completely. I think that probably leads us on nicely, actually, to um, some season-long stuff. Um, Nick, shall I just go quickly? Because mine's the bad news. We'll go with your good news, shall we, after that? Yeah, why not? So, uh, we'll start with... Um... Let me share my window. There it is. So, my pod team, when... We last spoke about the season-long stuff. My pod team was in the money, but now it's out of the money. It's 312th at the moment, so only just out of the money. Changes I've made since last time, I've always had Cup and Hill in there, and Patterson and Henry have been in there pretty early doors. Um, I was fortunate enough to do put Patterson in when he was 10 million before the price changes, which I tweeted out about doing and stuff. Um, we know a lot of people, don't we, they've made a lot of money for their team doing their, using their wild card. And just putting it all the players they're expecting to rise in price in there. Uh, big changes I made since last time you saw it is I've got Brady in because I just think he's matchup proof and um, and he's actually only he's really underowned as well. It's <laughs> really for his quality, I think, completely underowned. I've got in McLaurin. That's kind of a, a sort of leverage pick, as it were, because he's really he's the only guy really on that team pass catching wise. And he's capable of big scores. He's capable of little scores, as is Hill. But as I need to catch up a bit to get into the money, I think that's um, I'm happy to do that. And then this week I've added in Ertz and Chase. Now Chase is an obvious one. We don't need to do. I need to explain why we had 
why do you want chasing your team at the moment? No, there you go. <laughs> and Zach Ertz, as soon as he moved, I put him in because he was a pretty decent price. I think he might even have been like 10 or something or 11 at the time or something like that. I can't remember now. Um, so, yeah, that's it. So, I've actually dropped down. So, not very exciting for my team this week, I'm afraid. Um, but there you go. Well, I think last time I was on my, my team was around the 700s, really struggling. Mm. Um, dropped like an absolute stone but somehow in the past three weeks since we last spoke about my season-long team mm. I've managed to climb myself up to about 240 I think I'm 244 as a matter of fact so I am in the cash as it stands mm. um, two transfers to use this week the only concern being the defense which uh, Las Vegas Raiders run a buy so outside of that um, I mean the defense is I'm quite tempted to just, I mean, that's a 9 million defense. I'm quite tempted to just stick at the 9 million defense, to be honest, and for a couple of weeks just get the Bengals D in yeah. because the Bengals have got the Jets and then the Browns. Yeah, 100%. Um, so I'm, I'm tempted to just stick, you know, the, the, the Browns on paper, you'd say, is a tough one. Um, but I suppose it depends whether, um, you know, whether we, we've we've got the quarterback back in Cleveland at that stage and they've got obviously some injuries themselves. They're not at full strength. Um, and like I said, it's whether Baker's good to go. Uh, but that's a big divisional matchup anyway. And, and the Bengals are flying, absolutely flying. Mm. Um, so nine million. I don't really want to spend any more than that on a defense. Outside of that, I've looked at Swift, Hawkinson. Both are limited in practice as of Wednesday. Um, I don't know how they have both got on today because obviously things are behind on the mm. reports. But. Um, the only move, I think, other than the defence, the only move that I would be tempted to make this week is um, Tim Patrick to a Dallas receiver. Dallas coming off a bye. CD yeah. Lamb had a monster game before the bye. So I think I would go Patrick to CD Lamb. Um, the risk yeah. there is that the ball does get spread around a little bit. And I would be tempted in future weeks to also move Hawkinson to Dalton Schultz again, just to free up a little bit more cash there. Um, and then I can either go massive at receiver if I decide to drop Swift or if Patterson doesn't keep producing like he currently is, which is fantastic really for his price, even at 13 mil. But um, if he does have a little dip, it, I've, I've got the funds to go big there. So there's definitely a lot of flexibility in my lineup at the moment, but I'm just obviously I'm I'm absolutely over the moon that I've managed to get it up to 244 mm. and I've got it to that point and I've got some of the big key players in there, likes of Cup, likes of Chase. Um, I moved off Josh Allen onto Kyler Murray um, when he came off his bye. So, you know, Derek Henry, I've had him through all of his, his big point games. I've had, I've just brought Patterson in now. Swift has finally come to fruition. I've had Swift for weeks and weeks, Mark, you know that. Mm. Um, and Sean was asking for an explanation the first week that he got him in. <laughs> Why did Nick talk me around to Swift? But Swift has had some quietly good games um, and he looked pretty good against the Rams as well last week. Um, had Goff not missed him on a wide open one, um, it, 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 was a, it was a big day for Swift, even bigger than it was. So, But obviously, the, the only thing I've got to be mindful of with Detroit is um, next week they're on a bye. So that's probably where my transfers mm. will go next week. Yeah, but I can't believe you're rising up with 
the table with so many Detroit players and TJ Hawkinson, but there you go. You know, the, thi- the thing is TJ Hawkinson. They've, I mean, TJ Hawkinson's been a disappointment, but when <laughs> when Swift has when Swift has been on it, um, you yeah. know, he, he's you know last week twenty eight point four, seventeen point seven the week before, twenty two point yeah. four the week before that. He's five percent owned. So we talked the, about this, didn't we? Week three. Weeks, yeah. We talked about week three, how many points Detroit have been um, scoring generally is fantastic. Yeah, um, and yeah. The, the thing is with him as well is when he wasn't having a, these these kind of weeks, he was carrying that injury and to an extent he still is. He's limited in practice, so he's still mm-hmm. carrying a knock. He's still not 100%. Yeah. He's still putting up these numbers, 16 million, absolute bargain. So um, a couple of things you points you make, which I think are worth mentioning, is that um, obviously if you pick Bills and Dallas players now, for example, you'd have to worry about bye weeks. Yeah, like with Patterson and stuff, and I think that's really important for your season. It's I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing my transfers based on the idea of, especially if there's a fifty fifty, if somebody's had their bye week, they'll come in. I think on fifty fifty, just to get it through and stuff. That's what I'm thinking. But um, Josh, do you, have you got season long teams in? Yeah, I've got I've got thirteen. I think actually, um, oh. no, they're all different ones, but none of them are doing very well, unfortunately. But I, ha- I had a good week last week because. I think it sort of went hand in hand with my good week on the weekly. I think that the similar picks I bought in did well. So, like you, Nick, I've got Chase, I've got Cup, I've got Henry on like every team. I think so. Like, I'm trying to just get it get it back slowly with like the highly owned players. Just try and punish the people who sort of don't have them. But um, yeah, exactly the same as you said, Mark. Every transfer now, I'm bringing in a player who has a buy in maybe like week 13 or 14, or has already had their buy. Like, yeah. I, I think it's a good move. And the other team is the Chargers, of course. Like, I mean, Mike Williams has been a great, great, great pick in the first like sort of five weeks. He's he's had his buy now and he's very, very affordable at wide receiver. So mm-hmm. that's another one I'd throw into the mix, I think. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think Tim Patrick might be dead now, I think, because I think Jerry Judy's back this week or he might be coming yeah. off IR this week, I think. So no, he's um, back this week, yeah. I think he needs to go. Yeah, I think Tim Patrick yeah. needs to go now. He hasn't even been lighting it up without Jerry Judy there. So with him back, I think. Then that might be the end of him, I think. We recommended think, him, didn't we, a few weeks ago because we thought he was going to be consistent and then he's not being that consistent. Yeah. <laughs> I, I literally brought him into every team, like I think week two or three, whenever the big injury happened to Judy, but he just left all my teams this week. Now he's he's out of all of them now. So uh, yeah, time for someone else. I think it shows, though, that the fact that I've been able to move four to 500 spaces in the space of three weeks, and we're only in week eight this week, so we're not even halfway through yet. So anyone who is either in the lower half or just middling around, you know, feeling like your team isn't going anywhere, if you can hit on the right players at the right time, and bye weeks is probably the best time to do it because you're looking at a smaller player pool because some of the other bigger players you take you know like the Dallas receivers Ezekiel Elliott Dak Prescott you take them out the pool last week that's where people then have to get a little bit different with the lineups yes there's going to be higher on players likes of Derek Henry and stuff like that Cooper Cup but um, I think it, it just shows that if you do hit on the right players at the right time and if you can get that edge on the ownership as well you, you can definitely climb the ranks in season long still long way yeah. to go I think another thing is because of the Thursday deadline, I think a deceptively number of people miss the deadline, you know, on a Thursday night, like really seriously, because I think a lot of people only think about NFL come the weekend time sort of thing. A, a lot of my friends who are playing have missed one, one each maybe, like across the seven, eight weeks. If you miss the deadline, like other people are just going to like catch up with you and that's good if you if you hit all the deadlines, you're probably going to make ground on some of these people just automatically really, so... 
it's a good thing to keep in mind to keep you positive, I think. It's it's still, and I think as well as that, um, you know, great point that you make there, Josh, but I think as well as that, we've seen in recent weeks that people are probably making the transfers early, getting caught out with COVID um, and people just getting knocks and or late injury reports coming out that someone that went off maybe with a knock. Um, yeah, I know you're pointing to yourself, Matt. Was it Williams you brought <laughs> no, in? No, no, and... I put Antonio Brown in two teams last week. Oh. <laughs> but do you know what? You could put someone in on a Thursday and if they're only playing on the Sunday, you run the risk, I suppose, of, of whether they are going to play or not. Um there's one transfer I made a few weeks back and I don't know if it was Williams from the Burrs and it, later that afternoon he, he was out and it's like, that's a wasted transfer. But there are people that are, are probably doing that and probably aren't picking up on the bye weeks and putting mm. players in that are on bye weeks and then being like, oh, you know, that's either a minus then or you've wasted your transfers and you're going short-handed into a game week. So there's, there's definitely going to be made up. Um, Josh, I was actually I'm talking about that bye weeks. Made think about it. Is there anything you've taken from your um, EPL experience to do season long for the NFL? Yeah, I think the main thing I do on EPL that I've also done on NFL every week is saving the transfers. Um, I always, I tr- if I have, I try and have three every week at the start of the week, and I try and only use two so I can carry the one and have the three for the next week because I just think there's going to be one week coming up where it everything comes to a head and the sort of four flags in my team combined with buys and injuries and I want to like be able to save my wild card so I can like just use maybe my three transfers to sort of get me out of that hole kind of thing um added to that just planning ahead like like we talked about earlier getting in the players who've already had their buys getting in the players who have late buys I mean for the late buys I think Pats Dolphins and like um Derek Henry, uh, the Titans as well. They're like three teams that have got really late boys. So that's why I was all over Gesicki on the season long, for example, because I knew I could just leave him at tight end and not have to touch him. And um, Derek Henry, as I've mentioned, and I've got loads of Patriots defence as well, just so I don't have to mess with that slot either. So I guess just planning ahead. on It sounds simple, but it's what I've done and I'm gradually rising up. So hopefully I can get some in the money by the end of the season anyway. Yeah. So um, before we move on to the next bit, Nick, are you, are you, sorry, did you see something you wanted to say there? No, no, I was just okay. going to say exactly what you, I think you were going to say, Matt. No. I think we, <laughs> we'll, we'll get the, uh, we'll get the lawnmower 4.0 up in all its glory. <laughs> so we do go through this every week, but just a reminder that support for all of Five Yard Rush podcasts is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for those all important family jewels. Um, recently launched their fourth generation trimmer, which for anyone listening back to the podcast, you will not see. But if you are tuning in live or watching this video back, you will see it on the screen there in all its glory. The 4.0 stunning, stunning piece of equipment. There we go. Um, <laughs> lots of great features to this. Um, what we would urge you to do is join over 2 million men worldwide who already trust Manscaped. We do have an exclusive offer for you, 20% off free and free worldwide shipping for that matter um at the checkout just enter the code five yard and that's at manscaped.com if you're doing your shopping so manscaped.com code five yard at the checkout and that will give you 20 percent off and free worldwide shipping do not neglect this area it is an important one nicely done nick um so if you want to just just deal with a couple of comments can we get them on the screen oh evening from fpl finn um 
Yeah, Evening all... FPL Finn. Yeah, he's a little bit of a very glam Nick from Fan Team Official. <laughs> there you go. Is and, that uh, referring to the outfit or is that? I don't know. And look, this one is definitely referring to the outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Pittsburgh Penguins really are typical from Sean. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. So let's talk about this week's um, eight euros, eight thousand euros prize pool red zone contest on the NFL. Um, I'm just going to show you how to find it quickly. I'll just share my screen and I'll share how to find it. And then what we're going to do is between the three of us, we're going to build a lineup which is going to win this week. That's the plan. We hope. So I find the best way to find these contests is use the filters on the left. Just click on the football one. And then what you'll see is there's some good contests there, like tonight's contest. There's some showdowns for tonight. There's a Jack Humphrey Invitational. He's so posh. I remember when he was just, just, just Jack Humphrey. Uh, and here's the, here's the red zone contest. And you've got multiple buying levels there. And we'll go into here and we'll build a team together. So let's start with a quarterback. Now, Josh Allen, back from a bye week, facing the Dolphins. He's the most expensive player on the slate. Nick, I think he probably warrants that, don't you think? Yeah, I would I would agree, given who he's coming up against this week, but not who I have my eye on. Um, 24.4 is probably a little bit too much for what I want to pay for my quarterback. And given that he is up, he's coming up against Miami, coming off a bye, I can see him being fairly highly owned just due to popularity. It's Josh Allen at the end of the day. But his price tag might put a few people off. It certainly puts me off uh, for that matter. Uh, for that reason, I am going to pivot to Joe Burrow, I think, this week. Ooh. Josh Why? is nodding, so Josh likes yeah. Joe Burrow as well, I'm thinking. Um, friend of the pod, Joe Burrow. That was I, just, I just can't I can't go away from, from Joe Burrow. I, I, I mean, when I look I looked at the Jets, I looked at the the defense on paper is actually fairly middling against quarterbacks, but then when you look at who they've come up against this season, um, they had Sam Darnold revenge game week one. They had the Pats, the Broncos, the Titans, the Falcons, and the Pats again. So they've played the Pats twice. They've played the Broncos. So they've basically played played Teddy Bridgewater. Sam Darnold once, and I know Sam Darnold started off fairly well, and they've played Mac Jones twice. They're a middling defence, but I just don't think they've come up against anyone as of yet that is going to give you sort of the, the quality that you're going to get from Joe Burrow. I mean, in his past two weeks, six touchdowns, two interceptions, nearly 700 passing yards combined. Um, there's n- And against the, the bank, the... Um, against the Ravens' defence this past week, who we all thought was one of the top defences in the no, league at that point. You didn't, no, Mark. Didn't. I know you made the case for it. Um, <laughs> but but there is that thing that exists as well in this league. Um, Old Mo um, is on plenty of sides when it comes to Sundays. And I just think momentum in this one, mm-hmm. Old Mo, is definitely with the Bengals at the moment. I think they'll keep marching. I think it could be a good score for them. Um, so, yeah, I, I love Joe Burrow at that price. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I mean, he's he's one of the three I had shortlisted. I think he I think he has looked amazing. They've got a great like like the receiving three or four or whatever you want to call it are looking really good together. And as we talked about before, Chase just looks amazing. But Higgins is getting loads of targets as well. So I mean, like it just it just seems to all be perfect. And I think we can 
we can go with Burrow. What do you what do you think, Mark? Oh, um, FPL Finn says always target the Jets. That, so he's yeah, that's pretty sound advice, isn't it? Um, I do like I do like Burrow. I mean, I'm a big Burrow fan, and you know, I had to make my case last week to Sean about this. Um, but if I wanted to come up with a leverage play here, I would go Carson Wentz. The reason being, I think that game is going to be a bigger shoot, a big shootout, and I think if it is, lots of people will be going for Tannehill, the Tannehill side. Um, Wentz is capable of a lot of yards, like 400 against the Ravens again. So, you know, he's not, um, and that was an outlier, but, you know, that's why we play, you know, weekly DFS. You want to aim for outlying weeks, I think. Mm. I think a very low owned Carson Wentz, I think you would stack that game if you're going to play him. You definitely don't play him as a one off. And I think it gives you some good options. And actually, a stack with Wentz and, say, Pittman and bringing it back with Henry and AJ Brown is very affordable in the whole scheme of things. Are we are we also not talking about Matt Ryan enough, who has put up a twenty nine, a twenty one, and a seventeen in his his last three games, starting to look like the Matt Ryan that we we all know and love? I I I can't do it personally. Yeah, I'd, as as um, Mark said, I think the the Colts game actually looks like a really good stat game. Like I, Tannehill was on my list for my my three. Actually, I had Tannehill, Burrow, and. Um, the very very affordable uh tour actually because he's such like a, a a boom or bust player i think like he could be a really good dfs one week punt as well but um i think i'm happier with burrow to be honest out of the three yeah i think um i think there's a i think we get, we're guessing that now sam darnold that's over i'm guessing we're saying two is interesting Against any other team than the Bills, I'd be definitely interested. But that's obviously that's why his price is so low because he's against the Bills. Yeah. But he's just a little bit like Jalen Hurts. He's just one of those players who gets there fantasy wise, and you don't kind of necessarily understand why. Um, and I he's think maybe that's one for future weeks. Maybe Mark. Yeah. To yeah. a punt, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's it's tricky that that I've I've been looking at ways to stack that game, which might be unusual or slightly different. And I just can't personally get away from playing Josh Allen with his receivers and possibly his defence as well. Because, uh, you know, um, Tua definitely gives the defence an opportunity. Let's put it that way. And, you know, we are looking for interceptions and stuff there. So, but I think probably what we're going to do for our lineup here is we're going to put in Joe Burrow, I think. Don't you agree? I think that's yeah. A, yeah, a consensus fair pick, I would say. I think so. And um, also, putting in Joe Burrow allows us to talk about a couple of things later, which I definitely think are worth bringing up. Oh, yeah. So um, let's move to the running back position. Derek Henry almost seems cheap at 20 million to me this week. Uh, I just I feel like he should probably be more if, if, Joe, if Josh Allen is 24. And I think Cooper Cup is 22, isn't he? Yeah, 22. Then Derek Henry seems cheap at me at 20 million. So where are you looking at for running back, Josh? Yeah, I've got Derek Henry as cheap. Um, I think if Chubb's back, I think we, it's a really tough one to ignore. I think um, he's gonna they're gonna run him into the ground because I think all the wide receivers are questionable as well. So I think like and and even Baker's questionable. I think so. Literally, it might just be a Nick Chubb. Here's the ball. You're gonna run with it for the whole game, basically. Um, I think Nick Chubb looks really cheap. Um, yeah. Maybe one other I'd say is N- Najee Harris just coming off a bye. I think. Um, 
he could be a really, really good pick as well. He has looked he looked great before his buy. Um, he was getting a lot of fantasy points, and yeah. So I guess those are the three that that have come across as cheap on like my my small projections I've done. Yeah. What about you, Nick? What do you think? Um, I think. I, my only, I mean, Derek Henry is Derek Henry at the end of the day. I think the only reason maybe he's a little bit cheaper this week is the Colts project as a pretty good defense against the run. Hmm. Maybe that is why his prices come down a little bit this week. Um, and maybe if they're thinking that the Colts can make a game of it, that it might mean that Tannehill has to throw the ball a little bit more than he has done in previous weeks. Um, I really like the price of Kenneth Gamewell of oh, the wow. Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Sanders, Sanders looks like he's out. Um, I vaguely remember seeing him off on a cart in, in the game last week. Mm-hmm. And if you can't walk off the field on your own, you're probably not going to be on it the week after. Um, he's not practiced this week. Um Game well, the limited opportunities he's had, he's looked fairly effective, fairly efficient. Um, decent receiving running back as well. Um, he's not had again a massive amount of work, but he's had 31 targets, 19 receptions. And I think, given that he's had that on limited work, and that puts him somewhere around 12th or 13th among running backs for receptions and targets. Um, Lions are the second worst defense as well against running backs. Only the Jets are worse, which also makes me think that Mixon could be a good play this mm. week as well. Um, four touchdowns in his last four games. Um, three have been rushing touchdowns, one receiving touchdown. I can see a lot of people will gravitate to Derek Henry, Swift, maybe even Taylor. Taylor's had some really good fantasy weeks. So if you were just going basic off name who's scoring the points at the moment then I could see Taylor in some teams as well so I think Mixon is a nice little stack um, and I think Gamewell is a nice cheap option as well because if you're looking at someone like Gamewell who's coming in at 12.7 you can really really target the receivers this week because there's quite a few of the top receivers personally I'd want to own this week So Nick I think this is really aimed, aimed at you last week we were Daryl Henderson. He cannot fail, hundred percent. He's not going to fail, and then he failed from a fantasy point of view. This week, he's, his price has dropped. He's the fifth most expensive running back. He's playing the Houston Texans. Why are we not just locking him in? That's a, that's a good question, Mark. To be fair, good question. <laughs> um, I think, I think just the variance of the Rams' offense is the only reason I wouldn't. I wouldn't lock him in. The chances are he's going to have a, a good game against a, a very poor defense in in Houston Texans and poor against the run as well. Um, it, it's uh, the, in the bottom third for run defense, so bottom third of teams that is. So I would say Daryl Henderson is a good play at the price, but the variance of the Rams' offense, he he, he could take the majority of snaps out of the backfield but then you saw Sony Michelle start getting introduced into the game last week when Daryl Henderson became a little bit ineffective when we weren't running the ball well it's it's one of them playing you might have a great week but just bear in mind that there's, there's that risk as well that you, you might get a game like you had last week out of him you would think not against the Texans but you'd have thought not against the Detroit Lions as well 
this is the great thing about DFS. Last week, he was a have to play everywhere. Every single pod anywhere in, in the world doing DFS was like, Daryl Henderson, Daryl Henderson. It's literally, we're talking, what, four or five days later, and he's, and he's, not, and he's playing a worse team, or no, actually, they're not worse than Lions, but yeah, a, a, almost as bad team. And we're like, hmm, maybe we do or don't play him. Beauty of DFS, Josh, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously got a, he's got a great game this week. Like, it's an incredible game. I'm I'm actually leaning towards. I, you know, I do my projections where like I compare the DraftKings prices to the fan team prices. He's much much cheaper on um, DraftKings this week, so I think I'll be all over playing him there. I'll probably play him on like almost every lineup, but I think he's a reluctant fade for me on fan team this week. Actually, wow, wow. Well, I do love the Joe Mixon. What about um, Cordrell Patterson? Any love for him? Another sort of mid priced running back the only thing that puts me off patterson this week is there was there was a comment i read that they wanted to get mike davis more involved um mike davis has been quiet for weeks um the only time he's scored has seemingly been when he's been on the goal line and that he's trundled it in i mean they're coming up against the panthers the panthers are actually statistically the best team in in the league against running backs so and i know Cordell patterson is a bit of a, a joystick kind of player in that you don't have to, he doesn't have to be in the backfield lining up behind the quarterback to score points. We've seen that, we know that. Um, but the fact that they did mention that they want to get more work for Mike Davis, getting more involved in the offense, and it's it's not a revenge game as such, but Mike Davis against his old team, I don't know. I'm, it's just a fade for me that this week. I suspect the Panthers will bounce back. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm not fond of Patterson or no. Davis this week, which sounds a little bit <laughs> strange because he's in mass season long, but he's in there because of the price and because y- y- you're keeping him in there for several games um, or a run of games, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's a no for me this week on, mm-hmm. on both Falcons running backs for that matter. So Josh, have you got any cheaper running backs you think we should be looking at? Um, to be honest, I, I, I'd missed Gainwell. Um, I, I haven't gone that far down, so I'm actually quite impressed with Nick's pick of Gainwell. I've been looked into it briefly. Um, <laughs> the, the cheapest one I kind of liked was Hubbard. I, I don't mind Hubbard, but I think there's better players this week. I think mm. there's much better players. So I think I'd rather pay up a bit more for the likes of Mixon or Chubb, to be honest, at like the sort of yeah. 16-ish level, rather than going all the way down or go for Nick's choice of Gainwell, I think. And, and nobody's got any interest in Elijah Mitchell? You know my thoughts, Mark. I have no interest mm. in any of the San Francisco running backs ever, um, despite the fact that they do run the ball well. Um, another couple of names I'll just throw out there. Uh, Boston Scott um, was quite effective when when he had wow. the opportunities last season when Miles Sanders was injured. He's coming yeah, in at 7.5. Yeah. So I suppose that is a toss-up as to whether you think Kenwell mm. or Scott will get the more work. Um but Scott could be he could be a, a sneaky play at seven point five because he's mm. again a good receiving running back. Um the other one is and he's coming up against a tough defense in the Rams, but with Ingram leaving the Texans, um David Johnson comes in there at, at seven point four. And I hate saying that because David Johnson, whenever I've ever played him, whether it's DFS or in fantasy, he's either got injured or he's had a poor game. So the guy drives me insane, but he's cheap and he, sh- he should get the majority of work. Wow. Wow. I, mean, I would um, also throw in 
I again, I'm gonna. I almost feel like I need a shout for saying this. Miles Gaskin, just because there's nobody else really in that backfield at the moment, and they're going to be behind you. You'd expect, and they'll be passing out of there, and there'll be a lot, um, a lot of pressure on Tua, and uh, he'll be dumping the ball off. But that is a real thin play. That's kind of a sort of mass multi-entry sort of play. I would suggest. I'd actually completely forgot about David Johnson because I've been bigging him up all afternoon to my best friend. Actually, um, he's, like, <laughs> he's actually like he was like the number one catching running back before Ingram left. Now yeah. I, th- I think he's going to pick up like more of the actual runs than than Philip Lindsay will. I think he'll maybe get like a sixty forty share. So like I can't see how David Johnson isn't a player this week to be honest. And I know he's not very good, but I think if he can get sort of a five reception, 15 carries game, then like that's going to more than pay off 7.4, isn't it? I mean, that's so Definitely. cheap. I yeah. think he's 4.2 on DraftKings, which is like way more expensive than the equivalent 7.4 mm. here. So I like him even more on fan team, to be honest. I love that analysis, Josh. You know, we've got to pick him, but he's not very good. <laughs> but you've got to pick him. <laughs> I think sometimes it is just like that when there's no one else. I think you have to pick guys who just aren't very good and it's so annoying because you don't want to play that kind of player. But yeah. if if he's yeah. going to get all the usage like in the backfield for them, then he, I think he's just in play, like squarely in play, I think. Mm. So I think we need to make our picks here. I do. And um, at the beginning, when we first, you know, until about two or three minutes ago, I assumed we were picking around the middle here like, Mixon, it's oh, and actually, maybe we won't pick Mixon because we've got Burrow. I'm not I, sure. I, about that I wouldn't play Mixon with Burrow no, personally. I think no. I'd play Ryan with Patterson because I think Patterson's so much part of the receiving mm. game, it's ridiculous. But I don't yeah. think I'd pair those two in a DFS game. I think yeah. you could have both on the season long game, obviously, but I don't think I'd play yeah. Mixon with Burrow on the seat on the DFS. Mm. So, initially, I was thinking we're having two here, but now I'm starting to wonder whether we go lower and maybe we do put Gamewell in. Doesn't feel right, but maybe we do. Well, maybe maybe we go game well, and I know that we we'd all sort of consensus agreed that Derek Emery is cheap this week at twenty point yeah. six. So maybe we go with Derek Emery and game well, and and to spend. See where we go. To, yeah, it's... to to spend sort of like thirty three yeah. million on two running backs is not bad, really. Nope, and that leaves us eighty two with six plays to go, and obviously there's a tight end uh, defense still. Uh, yeah, so, wide receiver. Sorry. I, Sorry. I find the money stretches really far on these red zone games, is what I was saying. So, mm. I think you only need a little bit of value. So, maybe we've already got it in game well in a defense and a tight end. Do you know what I mean? So, let's just see how far it goes. Yeah. yeah. So, wide receiver, please try and talk me out of just clicking Cooper Cup straight away. Nick, what, what do we think? You're our expert on the Rams. I'm not going to talk you out of that. You've, you you know what Cooper <laughs> Cup gives you. You've, you've seen, I, I mean, Running out of superlatives now to describe Cooper Cup season, but um, the only thing I would say with, with Cooper Cup is there's always going to be that that week where he'll still get the work, but maybe not to his price point. Um, and he's twenty two point one. He he outprices the next receiver by three point one million, which is Diggs, mm-hmm. who is coming up against Miami, equally terrible as the Texans, um, maybe slightly better for that matter. I'm being a bit unfair there. Um, I think you, you're going to come up against that week where Matt Stafford prefers throwing the ball to Robert Woods or Van Jefferson takes a few targets or Tyler Higby takes some targets. Um, spoiler alert, I do like Tyler Higby this week. Um, so I, 
haven't got Cup in my thoughts as it stands. And I've no doubt that Cup will be highly owned as well because of what he's doing at the moment. And it's almost stupidity at this stage not to play him. But if you do play him, are you just going with what the rest of the crowd is doing? You're not really, you're not sort of standing out. And I think sometimes that's what you've got to do in this kind of format to actually stand a chance of winning. We always say it, Mark, don't we? That you can put a lineup together, but that lineup could have absolutely no chance in hell of winning yeah. because it's too it, it's too easy of a lineup to put together. You've mm-hmm. got to think a little bit outside the box. So, would I talk someone off Cooper Cup? No. Do I want to put? Do I want to play him at twenty two point one million? Also, no. Yeah. So one thing I've noticed is when players are chalky on fan team, they seem to be very chalky. Mm. I think. I think, which actually helps you in some respect. If they fail, I think, and you faded them, I think it helps you because there's more of the field you can pass. But other than other sites, I find that players have a lot more um, condensed ownership, and I think Cooper Cup will be one of those players. Um, I think it's interesting you. You say about the uh, money saving, you talked about digs. Um, for me, I'm not really big on digs this week. I don't think he's having a wonderful season. I think Sanders is taking away um, some targets. That game could end up being a Moss and Singletree game as well, or Singletary game, whatever, how you pronounce it. Um, what do you reckon, Josh? Yeah, Sanders is getting all the red zone targets this season so far, like almost every single one. It's insane. He's he's not getting many receptions every game, but he's catching two touchdowns. He's done it like twice, I think, this season. Um, where he just had like three receptions, two touchdowns, I think. So I think like D- Diggs is one that I think really hasn't had a good season at all. Cup, I mean, I somehow won the game last week without Cup in my lineup. Now, I don't understand how that was possible, to be honest, because he's just hit these like 30, 40 points seemingly every week for the whole season. Um, I wouldn't talk you off putting Cup in for sure. Even at this price, I think he might be worth it still, to be honest. yeah. If we save some money, if we find some good other players, we may well put him in. Um, as we've got Burry, though, let's just talk about yeah. um, Chase and Higgins. So, last week I got a lot of stick about T Higgins. <laughs> and, you know, if you look at things from a result point of view, that's probably pretty valid. As in, the result... He didn't actually score that many points, but I think from a process point of view, he was he's getting better every week. Last year, he was like the Jamar Chase. He was seen as the great, you know, great hope for the Bengals. He's been injured, he's got better, and he's ended up with 15 targets last week. He was pretty inefficient with them, but he got 15 targets. I think that's going to make Higgins more, and of course, the pricing, that's going to make Higgins more popular this week than Chase, than Jamar Chase. And so I'm tempted to play Chase this week rather than Higgins, if we're not playing both of them. Um, what do you reckon, Josh? I can see you sort of you're disagreeing a little bit with me there. I can see. I think Chase will be more highly owned for sure. Um, do you think? Yeah, I think people just don't look that deeply into it sometimes. I know it was fifteen. I know it was fifteen receptions last week, but does everyone else know, or do they just remember Chase running eighty yards down the field? You know, what I mean? <laughs> with the spin move. I think he was so good last week. He was. He looked so good. I, I mentioned to Nick on message like. They tried to pick him out right at the end when he was in double man coverage, and they still tried to throw it to him in the end zone. Literally, like it was, it was like he was, he was, it was just the two of them and and Uzoma, the three of them. Sorry, just catching the ball for the whole game. It was crazy. Um, I think they're all good picks, to be honest. I would probably favour Chase as well, though. Yeah, I would favour Chase. Funny enough, when I did a pod in the summer with um, Jordan Cooper and um, Blender HD on um, yeah. Twitter, he said. Um, he told me that I was giving the field too much credit 
And I wonder if I'm doing it here with the T Higgins Jamar Chase thing. And actually, like you say, I think so. Just, yeah, just look at it simply. Nick, do you think can we make a case for playing both of both of them this week? I'm glad you just said that because that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, is there any harm in playing Chase at 17.8, playing T Higgins at 13.4 and having that stack? Because what we know about the Bengals is they throw the ball. Look at Burrow's last four weeks. You've got yards of 416, 271, 281, 348. Quite evidently, they throw the football. So I think you've there's a case to play both so that you could cover Chase's big gains, his potential touchdowns. Mm. But if T Higgins is also going to get targets and receptions, given that this is PPR scoring as well, you're also covering that side of it. And I think at his price as well, it's not a bad play. Um, you know, he's, he's priced just below Emmanuel Sanders. So that would, I suppose, be the only thing in my mind is if I was doubling up there, would I still want some exposure to that, that Buffalo passing offense against Miami? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I see no harm in doubling up on both uh, and, and doing exactly the same as what we did last week with Evans and Godwin, which we know worked. It's going to be your signature move. And this, this is Nick. So could know. well be, could well yeah. be <laughs> two wide receivers, Nick. <laughs> Got to think just, of a better name than that. Yeah, from, I know that was awful, that, that's, that was that's off the cuff and yeah. awful. Sorry, cut. We'll still, we'll do that bit again. <laughs> um, I, um, I'm just. I, I think I'm assuming that's going to make our lineup pretty unique as well. I'm guessing. I'm, yeah, I, I, I don't think many people would think to play to the. Um, I think most will go chase, and the ones that don't mm. will probably look at Higgins. Um, obviously, you've you've got Tyler Boyd there as well, but Tyler Boyd's workload just seems to have dropped off a cliff, um, which is a shame because I actually like Tyler Boyd, but mm. I, I can't really make a case to play him at the moment. I think he, I think he probably needs to move team. To be honest, he's just got lost in 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 you know, even CJ Uzoma was he, um. he had a good week last week, and Boyd's actually second in targets. He's only six behind Jamar Chase in targets, but there's just no case to play him. 11 and 9 of those came in two weeks. So, yeah, it, oh, yeah. It's, it's a tough one, though. I think Boyd, when he is when he is getting the targets, they seem to be small gain targets. I, I think Higgins coming, getting healthy is basically what's accounted for the last three weeks. Yeah, spot on. Yeah. Um, so, um, so, I'm on the second page. We need to be on the first page still here. So, who else are you liking here, Josh, towards the top? I was just going to say, before we go on quickly, I was just going to say, I, th- I think I like the stack with Uzoma as well, actually. So I think, I know that's a later position, but before we lock these in, I think there is a case to be made to just go chase and Uzoma, I think, because Uzoma is so cheap this week. Like, I j- it's as if they haven't taken into account what happened last week with him at all. They've just, like, kept him the same price, basically. And he obviously had an amazing game last week. Yeah. I think um, I think we may well lock in chase at the moment and then leave the yeah. space when we look at tight end and then work yeah. it out um but what about someone like um dj moore's been very inconsistent hasn't he yeah i mean he started off great as did the panthers and then the last three weeks he's been absolutely um awful i think that's when i started playing him actually when he started going awful <laughs> to be honest it might be it might be my fault to be honest um one that this is quite a, a left field one because he hasn't been good for the last sort of two or three weeks. But I quite like Calvin Ridley's price this week. Now we know how good he is. We and 
in the first sort of three weeks, he had really, really solid re- um, receiving and targets, mm. receptions and targets. It's obviously dropped off since he, he had a bit of an injury. And then I think last week he got back up to six targets. My only concern with him is how good Pitts has been and how many, and it's, he seems to be trending upwards, Pitts does. So it seems like he might start getting even more receptions. But I think we know how good Calvin Ridley is. And, you know, this seems like a very cheap price for him, that's all, because he's normally like wide receiver four or something, isn't he, on some of these slates? So yeah, I'd, I, I think he's one I'd throw in. As you said, Matt Ryan's looked amazing, like pretty much all season, actually, um, maybe since week three, actually. But um, yeah, I think with with Ridley, with Pitts, with Patterson, they've got a really strong sort of offence, I think, now, actually. Mm. Um, has anybody, either of you, got interest in Deontay Johnson? Because I quite like him for this week, and I think, I think he's going to be low owned as well. Definitely low owned, yeah. Yeah, I think if I was playing a Pittsburgh wide receiver, I, I'd definitely look at Johnson. Um, for me, one glaring name that we haven't mentioned, who was right at the top of my list, is AJ Brown. Seventeen mil. It looks like. Julio Jones is not trending in the right direction. I've just been having a look at the injury report. He didn't practice yesterday. He hasn't practiced again today. And that's not limited. He has not practiced at all. He's he's been on the sidelines. It's a hamstring injury. Sometimes you don't want to risk those kind of injuries because if it goes, it's, it's gone for weeks and weeks and weeks. So it might be a week where even if Julio Jones does play, he doesn't factor in as much as AJ Brown. And let's be honest, there isn't much else in Tennessee to throw the ball to. When you actually dissect AJ Brown's stats, he he had a pretty slow poor start to the season for his standard from what we're accustomed to seeing from him. Week three, he had two targets. Um, Since then, he has had six, nine and nine targets, but it's the yardage he's now putting up. So against Buffalo, we were a good defense, put up 91 yards against Kansas City, put up 133 and a touchdown. When you look across the team outside of Julio Jones, who's had 27 targets, you're looking at Chester Rogers with 21, um, Westbrook Ikini, am I even pronouncing that correctly? 18 targets. Um, and there was that week where there was just no receivers for Tennessee. They had no Brown, they had no Jones. It was Derrick Henry or Bust. And yet the targets, and AJ Brown's had 43. That is the gulf. So we know that if the ball's going to get thrown, Tannehill's first read always, always, always is going to be AJ Brown. Um, Colts have given up 11 touchdowns to wide receivers. Poor. Tied second worst in the league. So it's a match made in heaven for me, AJ Brown versus the Colts. Yeah, I do. It's like, as we mentioned earlier, that game, I think, is going to shoot out. I think, I mean, I think it might even be the, the, um, have the biggest total already anyway. Um, I think. I'll just update this. Highest game total already. And it's definitely been getting some money on it. I know that. Yeah, it's up there at 51. So, yeah, it is. And it's been it's, it's been bet up like four points. So, I think that's a great, great shout. We've got to make some picks over here, boys, I think. So, should we, should we put in Jamar Chase as a definite? Yeah. Put in Chase. How much money we've got left now? 64 for five. And My- then... My only thing with Brown is I think it's hard for both him and Henry to have a huge upside game in the same game. Now I know you know I know you think the point line's really high, but for Garrett, for Derek Henry to get there at this price, we probably need two touchdowns, right? Like that. Mm. So that's going to be like fourteen of the points. You know what I mean? So it's kind of hard for like. 
both AJ Brown and Derek Henry to have monster, monster games in the same game, I think would be my only like reservation. I think AJ Brown's a great pick, as I thought Tannehill was a great pick, but um, I'd just last, worry about him side. So last season, so that was always used to be one of those DFS sort of truths that you, your running back was negatively correlated to your wide receiver. But last season, Brown and um, Henry kind of disproved that a little bit with Tannehill. Um, they both had really massive. They were not not many teams can do it, um, and but what you're seeing now is a lot more people winning um, big tournaments, stacking, you know, the three like that rather than the more traditional way. So, and I just think they're one of them. But um, think, I'm not particularly in this for this lineup. I don't particularly think AJ Brown is the play myself. I think one of the reasons why you don't see it as much now is there's there's not as many Belco running backs across the league, mm. whereas that is not the case in Tennessee. It's Derrick Henry or nothing mm. out of the backfield. So you're not going to run Derrick Henry for 80 plays, you, you know, 60 mm. to 80 plays a week. He's going to touch the ball 20 plus times. We know that. But then Tannehill's going to he's going to throw the ball 20 plus times. Mm. Um, and you would say, especially if Julio Jones is on the sideline, you'd say probably a good 30-40% of those are going to go towards AJ Prime. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we need probably somebody cheaper. What about um, Calvin Ridley? You both seem to like Calvin Ridley, I thought. Yeah, I, I, I like Ridley. I think he's cheap there. When you look earlier in the season, he was top three, top four every week. Um, I'm, I'm not opposed to Calvin Ridley there at 16.2. And also, if we look at how much we've got, five, four... Uh, I, I wish fan team, if anybody was watching from fan team, it gave you the remaining per player. That would be fantastic. I'm saying having to do it in my head. We've got the DST as well to come. I'm just wondering if we could afford something like, we haven't really talked about him, but I think Michael Pittman's a great um, play if you've got Henry as well. Yeah. A great stack play, but I'm not sure if we can actually afford him. Maybe we can. Maybe we can. Um, should we move to tight end though first? Because obviously what we do there is going to make a difference to what we do here anyway. Um, yeah, of course. So, Nick, you are you a Pitts fan this week? No, uh, he priced me out a little bit there at fourteen point two. I don't particularly like paying that for a tight end. Um, I think was he twelve last week or around twelve, twelve point one, twelve point two. Um, but yeah, he's he's a little bit too much there for me. Though he is having some very he's putting some very good weeks together. He's he's had twenty plus points his last two. Um, I'm a Tyler Higby fan this week. And it'll probably be the downfall of my red zone teams because I've mentioned about the Rams variance in their offense in terms of who the ball goes to or what the strategy is one week to the next. Um, But I still can't ignore the fact that Tyler Higby is coming up against the Texans. Um, Dig into it a little bit and you know that the Texans give up the joint most touchdowns to the tight end position. That's a win for me because Tyler Higby is a good red zone target. Um, he is the 10th tight end in targets, and that's despite the crowded wide receiver call that the Rams have got, um, which shows how variant the uh, the tight end position is anyway. We know that. His recent weeks have been single-figure scores, which might put people off. So if I was coming at this from a low ownership perspective as well, I suspect more people will gravitate to Kyle Pitts, maybe Jasicki, uh, maybe Dallas Goddard. So for me, he's fairly fairly budget there at at 10.6 versus what 
what kind of output he could have. But um, one name that you mentioned, Josh, was CJ Uzoma, and I really like that at 8.2. I liked him last week. Uh, I was foolish not to play him. I did get Pitts' points, to be fair. Uh, but CJ Uzoma, I think, again, is a good play this week. Yeah, he's definitely a great, he's a great DFS player. And in fact, luckily, he got two of these big ceiling games there, which is kind of what you want from your cheaper players as well, I think. Um, anybody else, Josh, you can see to, to convince us not to pick CJ? Just Uzama and Jasicki from me, they were my two clear standouts this week, I think. And I even like Higby now. Um, Nick's talked about him as well. I think that, <laughs> that, mid, that middle price point was Don't where do I it to yourself, to Josh. Don't do it to yourself. No, I think yeah. I, I love Jusicki. He gets so many receptions for for a tight end. Literally, I think he. Well, he's not a tight end. That's why. Yeah, I know he plays. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, a, but when I saw Carl Carl Pitts at wide receiver last week, it reminded me of Jusicki. Actually, I was like, what is going on here? But um, uh, he made an awesome catch, didn't he, Carl Pitts last week? Yeah. So, oh but, yeah. I'm, I'm not a big fan of that matchup this week. I really struggle to play anybody against the Bills' def- defense. I really do. Uh, but otherwise, Gasicki's like he's almost like a lock at the moment. The sort of prices he is as well, I don't think are reflecting his involvement in the passing game. But I think as we've got to speed up a little bit here, let's put so we put CJ in and see where we stand. Yeah. Um, so we've got a great stack there. So we've got twenty five point six. I think we'll probably do our defense now. And Josh, do you play defense the way that me and Nick do, which is literally start from the bottom and work our way up until we find one we can play. I think it's a good way to play, definitely. Um, so, as I've talked about before, the DraftKings and fan team prices are most different on defences. I think the algorithms are just, like, completely different. But So, I always play the one that's too cheap on fan team compared to DraftKings. And then on DraftKings, I play the one that's too cheap on DraftKings. So, I always just do it like that. And it's worked out all right so far because at the end of the day, you just want to save as much money as possible in this mm. position. So, it's yeah. a similar thinking to you guys, I think. Yeah. So... Who, who does your algorithm tell you this week? Um, so the Steelers, actually, is by far the, the cheapest mm. one, according to the algorithm. But um, the, the Dolphins came out really, really cheap on fan team as well compared to DraftKings, mm. but I don't want to play the Dolphins, I don't think. Mm. Have you got any rejection to that, Nick? To <laughs> Pittsburgh? None at all, really. Yeah. Um, 7.6. The only other... I mean, they, they've been better in recent weeks, haven't they? The only... The only other one that was in my thought process was I can't believe I'm saying, um the the Detroit Lions at six point five. I I knew that was where you were yeah. going. After watching I them knew. last week, they've got nothing to lose. This team nothing mm. to lose other than another game, which at this stage I, I don't think they care. Um, mm. You know, the, it could be anything from the special teams. It could be something. The, the defense was actually pretty good. They kept us quiet for most of the game. I watched the whole yeah. game and I was really impressed with mm. them. They've got some good bodies there. So I think um, yeah. coming up against the Eagles, I don't think the Eagles are anything special, to be fair. So if I was going budget, budget, that's where I would go. But mm. I do like the Steelers. I like the Steelers too, because I think Cleveland are going to be one dimensional mm. for the reasons we already spoke about. Um, so we'll put that in. Also, we're not playing anybody from Cleveland, so that's great. So now we've got 18 million wow. to spend. 18 million. Let's I like so... to hear this. This is good. <laughs> Nick, Nick, look, I'm using the affordable option again and the all option again. I know that was a revelation to it you last week, was, wasn't it? Yeah. The affordable options. <laughs> um, so yeah, here we go. Debo Samuel. Any interest in Debo Samuel? Ooh. The, he scores a lot of points. He does. Yeah, he, nobody he ever get a lot of points. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, he never seems to be picked. He's, 
the the thing with Debo Samuel is, I think Brandon Ayuk being the put a lot of people off, but he just, he's just been a non-factor in the offense this season, Brandon Ayuk. So oh. I think I don't think Debo's a bad player because what one thing Debo does really well is he, he's always high on his yards after catch as well. He, in fact, I think he's he's up there with Cooper Cup. Um, it, it may even be above him yards after catch. Um, so I think. He's a he's not a bad player. I don't know if he's eighteen million of a player, but he's he's putting up the points every week, isn't he? And they're coming up against the Bears. The the Bears are, have been atrocious. Yeah, he's not the sexy player, but like I think he's like a really solid player, and he'll have such low ownership at this price. I think he'll be virtually like one one or zero percent owned genuinely at this price. Yeah. So I think so, yeah. this could be the difference for us. Bears are, I think that's the, the fourth worst defense against wide receivers as yeah. well, which is I, I didn't realize it was even that low, but that's. Yeah. I, I think I think the Bears are are sort of um, I think it's the same as the Ravens defense thing where everybody just assumes they're good because they were good in the past, yeah. and it's not the case. And um, so I think Debo is going to this is our this is our winner. This is this that's what's going to make us like you say, Josh. This is our it's going to make us stick out. I mean, basically, I think in terms of Gamewell and Samuel, we have two you know pretty low low owned plays. I think so. That's a pretty good. Lineup literally uses all our money, which you know kind of feels nice. I always think. Um, so, I feel like you've got value yeah. for for what you're paying. Then, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and we've got in Henry and Chase, um, you know, Burrow and stuff. So I'm really pleased that. So just to just quickly run through the lineup here, we've got Joe Burrow. We've got him paired with um, Jamar Chase and Cedo Uzoma. Um, that's a nice little stack we've got there. We don't particularly feel the need to run that back with the jet stack. Um, at running back, we've got Gamewell and Derek Henry. Um, one value pick in Gamewell. We're taking a bit of a punt there, and Henry is an obvious play. Um, Calvin Ridley showing signs of life. Um, Michael Pittman, who is just doing some fantastic things in Indy, and um, and Debo Samuel as our sort of high-priced, just consistent, but hopefully low-end play. And a Pittsburgh defense. We don't really mind about defense that much, though, do we? No. Nah. So yeah, I noticed you let me pick that one. I was going to say it was like you, I don't yeah. you care about the defense. But... No, I I was going to go for Pittsburgh as well. Was well, since we didn't pick Chubb, that's who I was going for. Oh, wicked! Uh, and I, I think the other side. I think the other thing we maybe talk about this thing with defense is it's not such a hard and fast rule now that you don't play defense against a player in your team either. I just, I just in tournaments, it's just showing that you can play a defense against yourself. So it's another one of those myths, I think, which has been kind of busted over the last year or so yeah. in tournaments. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, would, I wouldn't play it against the quarterback, but I think you can no. play it against any other position, literally any other position. Yeah. Fine. And especially if you're, say, for example, punting at tight end or something like that. I just think it's like it's a great way to be different as well. Make your lineup unique. So yeah, yeah, uh, against a cheap player, it's not even a factor. I don't think I wouldn't even no. consider not doing it. But against a really expensive one, I might think twice. But mm. Yeah, I think I think the defense. You, it's a bit of a luck spot, like you say. Sometimes, sometimes you just need that defensive touchdown, or you need the game where they randomly get three interceptions. You know, what I mean, it's 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 quite a lot of quite a lot of factors go into it, and not always obvious before picking the lineup. So yeah, and again, we're talking about defense too much again. Here, but like, <laughs> the um um what one thing that's happened this year is there hasn't been like last the last couple of years. There's always been these defenses have been scoring thirty points or something like that each week. Like Patriots did it consistently. That hasn't happened really this year. There hasn't been that one standout defense. 
So I think, um, yeah. Anyway, no more defense talk. No. That's an order. The, the, the D in DFS on this <laughs> podcast stands for defense. It does yeah. not stand for daily. Yeah. <laughs> I, we won't talk about the F stands for. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's it. I think um, I think we've picked the winning lineup there. So everybody will be playing for second if you don't play that lineup. And uh, uh, so yeah. So um, any closing thoughts, Josh? Anything else you want to say before we sign off here? No, just thank you for having me. I've had a really great time talking about something different like NFL. It's it's so much fun. And um, uh, when we were looking through that, we could have picked so many different options. It's just so interesting, like the the different combinations you can have in this game. Um, so, yeah, so if you guys think you can beat us, definitely put something different in. Whatever we said that was wrong, just go for it. Yeah. We could have talked. I felt we could talk for like three hours about this this particular slate because there's so many great options and stuff. Um, so Nick, do we have a, do we have a sign off for this week we, from Pitsy? We don't. Pitsy's been ever so quiet the last few weeks. No sign offs whatsoever. Um, so the the only thing for me to say would be you can find me on Twitter at Nick of Wigan. Um, Josh, where can the listeners find yourself if they're not already following? Yeah, I, I'm on Twitter as Chet Josh FF. Um, yeah, please follow me if if you want to hear some stuff about fantasy football and the odd thing about NFL. So yeah, awesome. that's great. Well, thanks a lot for that. Guys, if you have any comments or anything, you can hit us up on Twitter, DMs, you can get hit us um, in Discord, I think, um, uh, all sorts of places and stuff. And um, yeah, that's it. Um, so if you haven't got any side off, well, good evening, everybody, and good luck. See you next week. And um, hopefully we'll do well. Yeah. entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 